0: Teaching a new song to a young singer. It seems like a straightforward thing to do, however, to a child, even a short, simple melody taught by rote can have many musical and vocal challenges. And teaching by rote is difficult when our students are not engaged. Now, moving from learning by ear to reading a musical score is a huge transition. Young children who are new to reading or older students who struggle with reading may be easily overwhelmed by the text. Then there's the music symbols, the bar numbers, the repeat signs, the piano introduction, the accompaniment. All of this can be a huge distraction. Hi friends and colleagues, it's Nikki from Full Voice Music, and today on the podcast, episode 104, I am sharing many strategies that can assist you in presenting the musical and lyrical content so that your singers can discover and enjoy a new song. Hello and welcome to the Full Voice Podcasts, my friends and colleagues. If you are listening to this podcast at time of release, I would like to send a heartfelt happy Thanksgiving to all my dear American friends and colleagues. I see your yummy food posts on the socials and I see the wonderful smiles with you and your families and I truly hope that you have a wonderful weekend connecting with your family with your friends and sharing some food and some laughs and some some gratitude now I want to thank you the listener who has found time in your busy schedule or on your holiday weekend to tune in to the full voice podcast I am so grateful I I am so grateful for this community of passionate teachers every single day my teaching has changed and my attitude about te- teaching has changed with all of the support and seeing the wonderful things that everyone is doing in their studios it's just so incredible now I uh, I also want to shout out uh, in showing gratitude I do have to shout out to my small, but mighty team here at Full Voice Music. We, I, well, I, I don't know about them, but I am so lucky to have such fantastic people on my team. Uh, first of all, I want to say hello to Mim Adams. Mim has been my colleague and and partner in the Full Voice uh, a journey f- since the very beginning, And I don't know what I would do without her. She is a brilliant singer, a music educator. She does such great work. She also accompanies uh, my students at recitals. And um, I just have an amazing ally. I want to say hello to my assistant, Heidi, who has to put up with me So Heidi is very organized, very, in her words, OCD. She likes lists and systems and organization. Well, I am a creative. I have a million ideas running around in my head, and I blurt them out whenever I can Um, and I know that it is challenging to work with me on that so Heidi thank you for all you do keeping my teaching studio organized and uh, the full voice projects uh, going Uh, I want to shout out to Karen Michaels my social media manager she is enjoying uh, Thanksgiving with her family and I love her thank you so much she's also a guest on the podcast because she is brilliant with all things social media. And of course, a very heartfelt thank you and hug to my husband, Sean, who is not only a a retired private teacher, but he's a professional musician and an audio engineer expert. He takes care of all of our video and audio needs and also makes an amazing latte and is one incredible dad. So thank you to everyone uh, on our team and, um, I, again, I'm so lucky you all put up with me and my creative ideas. I have 50 ideas, new ideas every day. Anyhow, um, I also want to mention to the listeners that it is Free Friday at Full Voice Music. That's right. We have another fun download, totally free. It is the Christmas edition of the Songbird warm-up game, and it also includes a new feature... And we're paying, um, we're paying tribute to the Pumpkin Spice song, which everybody loved. It is a holiday pick-a-part um, harmony challenge. I had to think about that. <laughs> pick-a-part. And uh, so again, we've introduced some different um, lines, to some melodic lines and some harmony lines. Um, everybody had so much fun with Pumpkin Spice, and people were like, please do something like this again. So hopefully, hopefully that Freebie Friday will take you into the holiday season with smiles and laughter. Please visit our free resources page, thefullvoice.com forward slash free resources. We have so many freebies on there. Please take advantage of them. Now moving into de- into moving into today's topic, teaching students a new song. Okay, so this is more challenging than you may think. And I know that everybody listening has uh, their ways of doing it. And there are many different ways that you can teach a song to a singer. And we do have to appreciate that everyone learns differently. Some of your students will require more repetition than others. We have to be flexible. Some of your students will pick up melodies really quickly. And I have students on both sides of that fence. And the one thing I catch myself is I tend to rush. I'm very mindful but I get caught up in in the rush of a lesson to to not give some of my students enough repetition and um, that that is uh, that is a common thing we tend to want to dive into the songs right away um, Now I'm hoping that this this episode will, um, I will be able to add some uh, some new teaching skills to your teaching toolbox and some new ideas and strategies to make the process of introducing a new song or new musical concepts effective and fun. And... Um, we can always improve how we deliver our information. Now, this podcast, I am focusing on working with younger st- singers, younger students, uh, and I'll clearly define what ages I'm I'm working with when I when I tell you my little strategies. But still, I want to remind everyone that our older students, even our adults. Maybe struggling with music reading or just reading in general. A lot of our adults have learning disabilities. They they don't go away um, when we get older. We just we just hopefully have more strategies for managing them. But um, sometimes sometimes my older singers are struggling with their active listening or their ear training skills. They don't know what to listen to to guide them. Um, and in some cases. It can be as simple as their confidence in their singing that that holds them back from learning the song um, effectively, and they require a lot of support. Now, I have so many. Actually, I would like to say too many older students, adults that come for lessons who have had decades of singing experience, choral experience, and they do not know how to follow a score. It's not uncommon um, because, uh, I mean, choral directors, they're, they're busy. They don't have time to sit down and and necessarily teach singers what to look for. So I've had a lot of adults come to me who have really struggled with just following the roadmap of, of the musical score. And and I don't think that's a wasted lesson. So I love to help uh, build their confidence, and give them those music reading skills. Um, So uh, teacher tip, though. Here's a nice teacher tip, and the one that it took me a while to figure out. Um, The practicing challenge. So our students may be struggling uh, and not practicing at home because they don't know the song well enough to do it without our guidance. They They are needing our support because they have not learned the song completely and confidently so they won't practice at home. So that's a, that's a thing to check into if you're having a student that is struggling with practicing. They may not actually know the song well enough to do it by themselves. So let's get started with um, teaching our, our littles and teaching by rote. So our youngest students Uh, are going to be learning their music by ear. That is how we first learn any language. We don't write it out. We listen and we imitate back and forth, back and forth. Teaching voice to voice is very effective. And if you listen to our previous podcast, I talked about activities where we step away from the piano With our littles, this is so important. We need them and they need to hear the sound of a voice, not the crystal clear sound of a piano. So voice to voice, unaccompanied singing is a effective. Don't skip this step. We need to show our little singers um, that uh, that this is what healthy confident singing sounds like. And we need to um, also show them expressive singing. This is a huge opportunity for us. When we sing unaccompanied, we need to show our little singers that when we sing, we're telling a story. So we have to be engaging when we sing unaccompanied, um, and that will—that is one of the the first steps in in engaging your students. Is making sure that when you sing to them, it's. Exciting, and you have an exciting song to tell them. That makes all the difference. And and I know there are days where I'm so tired, and I don't want to make it all exciting. But I, I always try to do that. Um, now I want to share, I want to share um, some examples and some um, mini lesson plans that I've been using with my introductory vocal classes. Now I want to talk about my my. Younger introductory vocal class. So this is a small group class with singers that are five to six. I have seven kids in my class, and oh dear, it can be challenging. Um, and I know classroom teachers, if you're listening, you're laughing because you guys have like twenty something in your class. Um, this is I my full respect and admiration to the classroom teachers. Uh, how you how you do what you do is is just. Amazing to me as a private teacher, I am so accustomed to the one-on-one relationship. Transitioning into small group classes, I had to start by keeping my numbers very small. And I don't think that I would have seven in my class again. I think I'm going like six. I think is the cutoff for me. That one little extra person, just I can't handle. (laughs) Just being honest, sharing full disclosure with my listeners. Now, um. I, it can be challenging um, to keep them engaged. And all of the songs that I teach my students in this class, I do it by rote. I do not play notes on the piano. Um, I'm standing or sitting with my students. Uh, many of the songs that I'm teaching are games and activities, so I need to be close by. Um, now, now I do want to just comment. Um, I, I learned a very big lesson at the beginning of the year so uh, this is a younger class when I first started my introductory vocal classes I started them at six years old now I've been um, continuing my education and I've been learning about teaching uh, younger students so this year I opened a class up for five to six year olds and oh my goodness. There is <laughs> there is a vast difference between junior and senior kindergarten. Woo. So in the beginning, um when I got started in September, I struggled a little bit with this class. I was used to students that even though they were only a year older, there was a huge difference. And I presented some of the songs far too quickly. I did not use enough repetition. So my kiddos were a bit frustrated. <laughs> and so was I. Um, now, I was quick to remedy the situation. I recognized my error, the error of my ways. So everything is going pretty well. Um, the other challenge that I have in my vocal class, my littles, is that even at a young age, some of the kids are reading like very well. And other kids haven't even started to read. So there's a huge difference between the readers and the non-readers. And I'm certainly not saying that some are ahead and some are behind. Everybody learns at their own pace. And I'm so respectful for that. And I certainly do not want anyone in my class to feel that they are behind that is so important if your little singers feel insecure oh it's hard to help them with their singing voices so teaching a song by rote again there are many ways to do this teaching to the needs of your students of course all the way so this is what's working for me and my young five and six year olds so um I found this uh, little simple game. Uh, it's a circle song, actually. And I have been using a fantastic book. I think I mentioned it in another podcast. Uh, First, we sing 100 Little Songs and Rhymes. This book is gold. It is. Uh, it has been so helpful. It's published by Hal Leonard. I'll put links in the show notes. Now, there's a, a really cute little song in here called Frosty Weather. And it's a very simple uh, Irish singing game. And, um, forgive my, my voice. It's, it's early in the morning when I'm recording this, um, because my house is quiet. Uh, so the, the song goes, um, frosty weather, snowy weather, when the wind blows, we all go together. Three steps back and one, two, three. Now, I know that this is a podcast, and you're probably what's going, uh, wondering what's going on. So let me explain the song. Circle song, we all stand in a circle. We hold hands. For the first two bars, we move in the circle, either clockwise or counterclockwise. I usually let the kids choose. And we sing the first two lines. Frosty weather, snowy when you get to when the wind blows you all face the center of the circle and when you sing we all go together everybody moves into the center of the circle and then the three steps back well that's pretty self-explanatory you take three steps back and then you break the circle and you clap your hands one two three now you can challenge your students in different ways. Sometimes I give them a different rhythm. Sometimes we do different uh, gesturing. So that is a simple little song. And I want to sh- I want to mention I I have enough students. I mean, it's a very small circle. Uh, circle games are fun. Kids like circle games. I had forgotten. As an adult, curse of knowledge, uh, that um, circle games are are enjoyed by children, and they really like this one, and they they ask for this game a lot. So when I was introducing the frosty weather song, I got everybody into the class, and of course they're kind of bouncing around, doing their kitty things, and talking to each other. So I start the class by peeking their Interest in kind of getting them into the topic of the song. So I asked the kids, this was, I think it was back in October, so the weather was starting to get colder. um, And I asked the kids about the weather. I'm like, oh, it's so cold out. Oh, who likes this frosty weather? And some of the kids said yes, and some of the kids said no. And one of the kids said that they like marshmallows. And that's just sometimes how the conversation. (laughs) goes um and then I uh we we had a very short conversation about weather and then I said I have a song about the weather and I'd like to sing it for you and my kids are pretty good natured so they're like yay um so I start by singing the entire song uh, by rote or by rote I sing it a cappella, unaccompanied and and then I ask them questions and I'll say did you did you hear what other weather I sang about and if they're listening active listening they'll say yes you said frosty weather snowy weather oh very good and what are we supposed to do Oh, we're supposed to go together, and you ask questions, and then um, I I then will teach the song. Now I want to talk about um, cueing the kids for listening and for singing, and this is something that I learned this summer. Thank you, Kim, for teaching me this. Um, gesturing for listening and singing. So, if without without direction, children will just talk and sing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I have some adult choirs that would do the exact same thing. So it's not just a child thing. So when I want them to listen, I will motion that I am singing. So I point to me uh, gently on my, on my, um, Chest. I'll say, okay, I'm going to sing now and I would like you to open your ears and listen carefully. And I'll take a small chunk. Now with this one, I did the first two bars. Frosty weather, snowy weather. Then I gesture to the class. This is the cue to tell them that it's their turn to sing. Now, in the beginning, if you're just getting started with a young singer, that is going to take a little while. And you may have to remind your singer that, no, I'm going to sing it this time. And when I point to you, it's your turn to sing. And we're teaching them to... To listen first active listening so I will go back and forth frosty weather snowy weather and then I motion to them and they sing it back now if they do it accurately then I will move on if they're not sure then I will repeat and again it's all up to the students so let them lead you if they need more help then you give them more help Once I've gone through the whole song, then I put the circle activities into it. And gesturing is so helpful, so helpful. Moving to the song, gesturing the actions to the song is part of teaching a song by rote. And again, children love this and what an amazing introduction because when they become older and they want to do musical theater and they should be moving and gesturing and acting this won't feel so foreign to them so the kids get to move in the circle And when we get to the, we all, uh, when the wind blows, we look into the center of the circle. We all go together. We move together. And then we move back. A really fun little song. And as simple as it is, it brings a lot of joy and smiles to my students. Now, there's other verses in this, in this song. And it's, and it's, it's basically a list of different types of weather. So I love to engage the kids and I'll say, well, what other type of weathers could we have that we would need to be close to each other? And they would say, oh, okay, well, you could have rainy or windy. Um, and, and we then end up kind of creating our own verses and the the kids really like that because they're part of the creation process. Um, now, when we get into songs with piano accompaniment um, that are a little bit longer, um, there's a different approach. Again, I love to start the class with a question that brings them into the topic or piques their interest and gets them ready to listen and learn. Now in my, my younger vocal class, we are currently working on a song called Lovely Little Butterfly uh, which is an Italian song "Fafelina bella e bianca uh, it's from the prep level of the RCM book now full disclosure I do not teach my small group class the Italian lyrics I have a hundred challenges in this class and teaching a new language will not be one of them <laughs> now if it were a private lesson, and depending on my student, I would. And I want to shout out to Tracy Ford, uh, Doctor Tracy Ford did a wonderful podcast. I'm going to put a link in the show notes if you haven't checked it out. It's a great episode about introducing new languages, and 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 Tracy breaks it down beautifully for everyone. But this is not the place for that challenge. I am not that brave. Um, But like I said, if it was a private lesson, I probably would. For my small group classes, not going to happen. Now, a a thank you to Victoria Holland for writing the English lyrics. They're very sweet, very singable. And um, so the melody of this little Italian folk song, um, goes and again forgive my early early morning voice uh, it goes a lovely little butterfly ever graceful floating by white as snow off you go gently landing on a rose now, to teach this song, I have added some gesturing to it, which the kids were happy to engage in. And I and we have to remember, too, our classroom teachers are doing a lot of action songs. So this is nothing new. Our kids are used to kind of moving around and singing, um, hopefully. Now... Again, I know it's a podcast, so bear with the uh, description. So I start off by making a little butterfly with my hands, and then I move from side to side to see it fly. So here's my little butterfly that you're imagining. So I go, lovely little butterfly, ever graceful, floating by, moving side to side. Then I use the solfege hand signs, tonic solfa hand signs, because we have a big octave jump so I will do low doe to high uh, dough white as snow and then back down to low doe, off you go and I did this so that the kids would be accurate in singing that note and and it actually prevented them from scooping into the note and then gently landing on a rose they take one hand they float it through the air and they land it on the other hand those gestures as simple as they are allowed my singers to learn this melody and the lyrics so quickly. And now a couple of things I want to clarify. Classroom teacher, curriculums, I know that we you guys aren't introducing high do melodies in at this age. I, I totally get that. It, the focus is a little different when you have private lessons and small group classes. Um, I'm super aware of this. However, um, before we got into singing this song, this class did oodles of vocal exploration exercises we did tons of sirens up and down the vocal roller coasters they were driving me crazy with the vocal roller coasters that's all they wanted to do and it gave them an opportunity to explore the higher notes in their ranges and all of my students in this class are quite comfortable singing up to a high C, a high D. Very, very comfortable, very well supported. And um, so if... It, this weren't the case. If I had singers who were really struggling to get into the higher pitches, I would not have cho- chosen this song. But the hand signs were very helpful. And um, once we learned that refrain, I printed up um, lyric sheets with the other two verses, and I put a coloring picture of a butterfly uh, so that they could take it home. And, um, and again, the coloring page was just a fun activity that could, they could do but as they're coloring, they're going to see the lyrics. And when they see the lyrics, they're going to remember how the song goes. And they're going to sing. And quite often they will sing while they are coloring. This is a wonderful way to encourage singing at home. So with with teaching this song, we started by rote, we added some gestures, we used tonic solfa hand signs for accurate pitch for larger intervals, and um, then we brought in the text. Uh, for the other verses and we practiced reading the text aloud and then we tried the other verses and now it's been like a it's been quite a few classes now I am introducing the piano and I'm playing the piano part and I'm asking questions and the kids are moving to the music and they're they're doing the gestures of the butterflies as I play the introductions again exploring asking questions and now my class is quite familiar with the introduction and the piano part and their part and they're singing expressively and it has become a favorite little song A lot of steps to get to that final spot. (laughs) So um, that is, uh, so singing by rote, teaching by rote, gestures, uh, expressive singing, giving them time to explore, using solfege. If you're using that tool, it is an amazing tool. Hand signs are so
1: helpful. And now for the My Music Staff Minute. Hey, podcast listeners, this is Erin with your My Music Staff Minute, here to talk to you today about planning your recitals. Many studios offer two to three recitals or showcases throughout the year, usually aligning with the seasons or holidays. Recitals are a great opportunity for students to perform in front of an audience and for families to see the outcomes of their students' hard work. Planning an event can be overwhelming if you've never done it before. Here are some handy tips to keep you organized while you plan. Start with your theme. Is this recital a spring, fall, or winter showcase? A spooky Halloween spectacular or Christmas celebration? Battle of the Bands concert or Broadway review? Deciding on your theme first will help guide the direction of the event. Finalize the date and book a location. Make sure to give yourself plenty of time in advance to book your venue so you can secure the date. If you have space to hold the recital in your own studio, great. If not, you can seek out low-cost options like community organizations or churches. Retirement homes are a great option to explore. Many are happy to open their doors for a recital so their residents can attend and enjoy the music. Next, invite your families. Put up flyers or posters in your studio, email families with all the information, and promote online through social media. Follow My Music staff on Pinterest to download our free, easy-to-use recital packs. Be sure to explain to your families how they can register their child. Set a deadline for registration so you have enough time to organize the performance schedule. If you have a large number of students, you may want to split the recital day into a few blocks of performances. Break your students into groups by age or instrument. For example, have a recital for ages five to eight run from 10.30 to 12, and one for ages nine and older from 12.30 to two. Parents will appreciate the shorter run time. Finally, think about any extras you want to have at your recital. Tea and coffee, snacks and refreshments, baked goods, small thank you gifts for teachers, You might even want to fundraise for a local charity or collect food for a food bank. There are so many different things you can plan for your recital. Think about what you can do that would highlight the best parts of your studio. Sign up for your free 30-day trial today at mymusicstaff.com and stay tuned for next week's tips and tricks exclusively on the Full Voice podcast. Now, I want to talk about
0: transitioning from rote teaching by rote teaching by ear to reading the score. So I'm going to use my older vocal class. They are seven to nine years old. They all have vocal class experience and they are all reading pretty well. They have almost almost completed the full voice introductory workbooks So, they are familiar with notes on the staff. They are familiar uh, to sing and sign with the hand signs. Um, They are confident singers. Oh my goodness, the change from the first year that we started the vocal class to the ones that have continued. The confidence in their singing is astounding. I'm so proud of them. Now, I still teach new melodies by rote with this group. Unaccompanied singing for the win. I do not give my students a place to hide their voices. Uh, and I want to use um, a lesson plan that I did this year that helped this class transition from rote to to score reading. So I used, um, this land is your land. And what's lovely is there's Canadian lyrics and there's American lyrics. And this is in the RCM level one book. I'm pretty sure it is. And um, a very nice arrangement. Um, now, I started by teaching it by rote. I taught them the refrain by rote. But before we did that, at the very beginning of the season, so here's my my drawn out lesson plan. At the very beginning of the class, after the summer holiday, I started the conversation with my class about where they had visited over the summer holidays and thankfully this totally panned out for me it could have been a total wash if they didn't visit anywhere in Canada but many of my singers had been out west or people had family out east so we had a conversation about the different places now I printed up off of the internet a little uh, Canadian map um, and we looked at the provinces and we found where everybody had been Um, and then I told them that I said I want to sing a song I want to Teach you guys a song about uh, Canada. And so I sang them the first refrain from this land is your land. I immediately used gestures, simple gestures. Um, I talked about where Bonavista was out in Newfoundland. And I showed them on the map where Vancouver Island was. And then when I did the song, um, uh, very simple gestures. And again, you can modify gestures to whatever you feel is appropriate for your class. But um, we did uh, this land is your land pointing to everybody else this land is my land pointing to yourself from Bonavista, so you point over if you're standing north you you would be pointing over to the right and if you're standing anyhow just stand facing north and then uh, to vancouver island we point to the left to the arctic circle did a half circle over our heads to the great lake waters we did the waves this land was made for you and me so we started with that and then What I did was um, I uh, then had the lyrics printed up. We read through the lyrics, and again I taught the other verses by rote, discussing the lyrics and the meaning of the lyrics. And then, after they had been singing it confidently, dun dun dun, I introduced the score. So, introducing musical score to young singers. So because I used a map at the beginning of the session when we were learning the song, I referred to the music. I said, well, this is a map of Canada and this, as I handed out the sheet music, is a map of your song. And I I often refer to it as a map. And, um, this is where I want to, I just want a little aside here. I just, uh, this is where a lot of teachers get frustrated. What do I do with a singer that can't follow the score? Um, you know, they. it's very difficult if they're not able to just follow the score. This is where many singers get overwhelmed. Um, and this is where the curse of knowledge can sabotage your best efforts. Now, back in podcast 73, I did an entire episode on the curse of knowledge, because it's a thing. I did not make that term up. It is a, a well studied cognitive bias. We forget the more experienced we become, we forget what it's like not to know. I know you, experienced music teacher and professional singer and classroom teacher and piano teacher, when you look at the musical score, it's as easy as reading a book. Not only do you read the score, but your brain plays the music and you hear exactly what's supposed to be going on. That is not the experience for the beginner. That piece of music that you put in front of them is absolutely confusing. It's you might as well put a bunch of Japanese kanji symbols in front of your students and say, "Hey, let's sing this." Um, no disrespect to my Japanese friends, um, but those those charts those that score does not make any sense whatsoever, and we have to break it down. So, I took an entire well, not an entire lesson, but the majority of a vocal class. And I photocopied, oh my gosh, hear me out. I photocopied the music so that we could write on it. This is not for performance purposes, it's for educational purposes. I wanted to photocopy it because my kids had markers and highlighter pens and we started to dissect that score. We started to go through it. Now the first thing that I did was I had um, everybody on the floor. I handed out the music. I told them it was a map. We got our colored pens and these students have almost completed the introductory full voice book. So we started by finding the symbols that we understood and that we knew, and that was a lot of fun. They're Like, oh, here's a treble clef, and these are quarter notes, and this is a quarter rest. And but then they started asking questions. I don't know what this symbol is. So I would answer them, and we would talk about it. And oh my goodness, it was so much fun. It was kind of like a musical Where's Waldo. And then we talked about why doesn't the why why are where are the words where did the lyrics go? Now this score was rather challenging because um, there were two sets of uh, lyrics, so the alternate lyrics depending on where you are. um, The American verse was in there as well, so I had to talk to the kids and say, "Well, we're singing the Canadian verse, but our friends in the United States would sing the verse." Uh, below. And then, of course, my kids are like, well, why can't we sing both verses? I'm like, we can, but not today. Um, anyhow, <laughs> so this. Musical score discovery is so important, and you can incorporate music score discovery in each and every lesson, and I highly recommend it. Bringing their attention to the score, letting them know, letting them hear the piano accompaniment having them tap the beats while you play the piano accompaniment. Having them tap the rhythm of the right hand of the piano accompaniment is also an activity that I like to do. It brings in active listening. It makes them ask questions. It allows them to focus and discover the score without being overwhelmed. Now, for my older students... Uh, nine and up. I follow private students I'm talking about. I follow a similar guideline. So I will still teach refrains uh, from time to time by rote and away from the piano. I will always ask them questions about the score before we begin. I also like to play the introduction for them and ask them uh, what the music maybe makes them think of. So active listening. I will ask them if they think the song is happy or sad. Ear training. And I will ask them to read the text slowly before we begin. And of course, all of the questions I ask depend on the needs of my students. It is challenging. I know that we just want to rush in, start playing the song and making corrections to their vocal production. That can come later. And I have to tell you, if you take the time, if you do the music score discovery, if you take time in each lesson to make them comfortable with the music, what a gift, a gift for life. And let me tell you, now that I have done the music score discovery, my vocal, my singing club class, that's what they call themselves, my older group class, they can't learn music fast enough. They now have learned so many songs I have to give them new songs all the time and they're just eager. They just eat it up and they're so confident. I'm so proud of them. Now, I have two teacher tips. Teacher tip number one, children are con artists, talented con artists. They rarely ask for help and your students very well may be singing by rote even though the music is in front of them. That's right. They're staring at the music, but they are not following the notes. They have glassed over. their eyes are all glassy and they are they are so focused with their ears. And that that is a common thing um make sure you are asking questions make sure you are bringing their attention back to the music back to the music do not speed spoon feed them I also like to let my students be un- be okay and develop uh um comfort in saying I don't know do you notice that now a lot of students do not like to tell you that they don't know so they will lie <laughs> They will say, "Uh uh-huh, I get it. That's right. But then you ask the question and that you know that they don't. So allow your students to explore and discover. Let them look at the music, bring their attention back, ask questions, and do not lead them to the answer. My other teacher tip, teacher tip number two. Do you have those students that just start singing even though they don't know the melody? Or you haven't finished giving them the entire exercise and they were already singing with you. That drives me crazy. It's like, I didn't, I didn't even tell you what you're singing. I haven't even shown you what you're singing yet and you're already singing something. What's, what gives? I have a couple that are really bad at that. Um, so again, they have, they're not listening. They are trying to ghost your voice and sing with you. So you may have to remind them, let me sing first and then sing after me. But one thing I've started to do is I've noticed if I'm teaching a song to one of my older students and I call it ghosting and they're ghosting my voice, even though I know they're not, they haven't learnt the song yet. Um, if I'm playing the piano melody while I'm singing, I notice that if I stop playing the piano melody and just sing the line without the piano, they will zip it. So I've started doing that more. So I will sing each line, just the voice. And again, it forces them. They have to listen. And then I play. And then they join in. So watch those sneaky vocal ghosters. That's what I call them. I'm sure you have a few in your studio. Now, one way to get students excited, to pique their interest if they want to learn a new song, is ask them if they want to learn a new Donna Rodenizer song. There is not a day that goes by in my teaching studio where someone isn't learning one of her songs. I think right now I've got Ed the Invisible Dragon and Star Above that are very popular right now. Now, Donna is a dear friend and uh, and colleague. Um, I actually ask her questions a lot. Um, she's, she's a music education specialist and she has decades of experience. She has been a guest um, several times on our podcast, sharing her story and her music. And her music brings so much joy and learning into my studio. And uh, her songs at recitals are always. Always steal the show. I remember the first time one of my students sang Computer Cat, totally, totally won over the audience. So much fun. Now, Donna sent me a new song at the beginning of the month. And oh my goodness, well, it's actually two songs, and it is a blast. My students absolutely love it. So it's called It's Snowing, Oh Yes, or It's Snowing, Oh No. So this is a choose-your-own-adventure song by Donna Rodenizer. So if the kids like snow, if they're looking forward to going out and playing in the snow, they're going to choose the It's Snowing Oh Yes. And it's a catchy melody with fun jazzy chords and fun little lyrics. But if your students don't like snow, like me, then they would choose It's Snowing Oh oh no, which is in a minor key with very clever lyric changes. This has been so much fun. So most of my students have chosen, oh yes, because they all love playing in the snow. I do not like playing in the snow. So I have chosen the oh no version, which I will sing for my students, which usually gets them to laugh. The parents prefer the oh no version. So it becomes a fun time in the lesson because students and and parents can kind of choose their sides. And it's a lot of fun. This is definitely going to be um, a highlight at my winter recital in January. Um, I actually have one of my students that has changed her mind. She has changed her song and she wants to do It's Snowing at the recital. So thank you, Donna. Now, Donna, is delightful and has been so kind. She has allowed us to post a single, well, double song download of this song. It's on our website right now. And to honor the Black Friday craziness, um, we have put all of our single song downloads on sale for 40% off until December 1st. So if you are listening to this podcast at time of release, Take advantage because Donna's new song is available. It also has backing tracks, downloadable backing tracks. So yes, you can send those home for home practice. I am so grateful for Donna and for Donna's music. And she has made so many young singers and their teachers so happy. Now, warm up of the week. Now the warm up of the week. So warm up of the week is not necessarily a specific exercise, but I wanted to focus uh, and offer suggestions on ways that we can use the warm up of the lesson. To prepare for the repertoire, our students are singing. Now, this requires a little planning ahead, but simple examples of this could be, for example, if you uh, chose "It's Snowing, Oh No," and we're singing in a minor key, you could start the lesson with um, minor five-note scales or minor triads, arpeggios, to get the students listening and hearing the minor sounds. That's a wonderful way to get them ready to. Sing those notes in their song accurately, and quite frankly, we have a tendency, and by we I mean me and maybe you, um, to focus too much on major. We really do focus on those major scales. So minor scales are fun, and and the kids can can understand them um, very well and sing them accurately. So that's. That's one way that you can kind of tie in your repertoire with your uh, vocal warm-up. Now, the other thing that I will do is if I have a piece with larger intervals, so I may incorporate um exercises that have larger interval jumps. Again, so we're working on the technique of singing the pitch accurately and perhaps we're working on onset so that they're not singing that uh that interval too heavy. Whatever whatever the interval is in the song, I try to incorporate it into the exercises. So again, they've already heard it and performed it in the warm-up and they're ready to do it accurately in the song. This can save a lot of time. In your lesson with the repertoire, it's so good. Now, if um, if I have uh, a song that has longer lines, longer legato singing lines, then I'm going to probably do breath work and breathing exercises, or singing longer and longer phrases in my warm up. Again, getting my students ready for that challenge in their piece. When I'm dealing with my older students and we have melodic fragments or challenging rhythms, again, I will I will take a fragment, a, a line or a couple of bars from the song and that will be the warm-up and we will sing that phrase slowly and deliberately and that that is a very helpful way to approach getting ready for a song now you can still make corrections to the vowels you can still focus on healthy technique of course but you're kind of getting two things in at the same time and that can again make your lessons flow beautifully so it takes a little bit of time Look ahead when you are incorporating these types of exercises into your lesson plans, and uh, see how it affects your lesson pace- pacing. I think I think you'll be surprised. Ah. So thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the full voice podcast. We are heading into the final stretch. Oh my goodness. The final stretch before the holiday break and before the new year. So please check out our free resources page. Take advantage of the fun and educational freebies and the free lessons that are available from our resources. Do not forget about Donna's new song. It is on sale. It is on our website. It is a single song download. And I want to add that single song downloads include a reproducible license. You may copy these. Once you have your digital download, you can use that with your teaching studio and your classroom forever. So please take advantage of the sale that's going on right now and visit our website. Um now as always I want to wish you inspired teaching and happy Thanksgiving and happy singing. May my like canoe music canoe